Hi folks, this is Bob Main, and you're listening to another episode of today's Survival Show. Helping you do what you can with what you have, wherever you are. This is episode, I think, number 259. I am cruising in the mobile studio again, as I often do. And uh, it's just it's good to be back. It's going to be good to be back podcasting and uh, hopefully on the mend. And I can put all that cancer stuff behind me. And many thanks to all of you who have been welcoming me back with emails and Facebook messages and things like that. Speaking of Facebook, don't forget about the Today's Survival Show Facebook page. If you just search Today's Survival Show on Facebook. You will find my page. I put links to all kinds of stuff up there. Like that page, if you would, please. That would be helpful because that's one way that I keep in touch with everybody. So this episode is going to be about dirt cheap prepping. And I had a chance to interview Cal Wilson, who recently wrote a book called Dirt Cheap Prepping. Um, it's And he's on the forum, by the way. He's on the forum, Cal Wilson. And just like always, I will start a thread in the sub-forum about podcast comments on this episode. And so if you have questions after you get done listening to this interview about the book that Cal has written, then by all means get on the forum and ask. Now, we don't just talk about the book and pitch the book. Cal gives us some pretty good ideas on how to prep for little or no money. And, you know, that's a subject near and dear to my heart because I'm such a believer in having your finances in order. Because I just, you know, without money, there's not much that you can do. There's not much that you can actually put together. There are some things, as we talk about in this interview, in this episode. But to really prep nicely, you got to have some money. And, you know, most of you know I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan. And I, I like what Dave Ramsey advocates. He says... First of all, get out of debt and save money. Cut back all your expenses. But if that's not enough, if that's not enough cutting back a whole bunch of expenses, not all of them. <laughs> I said all of them. Sorry about that. You've got to have some expenses, right? You've got to have utilities and, and things like that. You have to have your daily living expenses. But if even cutting back expenses is not enough, figure out a way to make more money. Second job. Turn a hobby into a business. Whatever. Whatever you have to do to earn more, to increase your income. Because as we know, the secret to wealth, or one of the secrets to wealth and prosperity, is a very simple concept, and that's called spend less than you make. How about that, huh? Wow, did I ever share a revolutionary idea, didn't I? Man, there's a lot of people just don't get that. Maybe they don't agree with it. Maybe they've never been taught it or whatever. Spend less than you make. And dirt cheap prepping ideas like these that Cal Wilson talks about in this interview helps you do that. Now, i got to say something about being prepared, self-reliant, whatever whatever name you want to give it. As we all know, it's becoming more and more mainstream. Now, can, can you do everything? No, you can't do everything. I just want to put that out there right now. I don't get a chance. I I can't do everything that I even present on this show. It doesn't stop me from presenting it, but I I can't do everything. I don't have the resources nor the time to do everything. So I think what happens is we all pick the areas that we're really good at. And even sometimes I think we pick areas that we're not good at but we're interested in and getting better at doing. 
So last week's interview where Joe interviewed Thumper Lane, she gave great ideas. Both of them. Both Joe and Thumper Lane had terrific prepping ideas, especially about gardening. So if gardening is your thing, you're, you loved last week's show. Gardening's not really my thing. But I still listened to it, and I still learned a lot from it. And uh, I picked up a lot of other ideas that I'm going to use from last week's episode. And I think this week's episode, you're going to gain the same thing from Cal's interview. So, without spending any more time on all this stuff, here comes a quick break in my interview with Cal Wilson. Well, joining me as my guest on this episode is Cal Wilson. He's the author of a book, Dirt Cheap, Valuable Prepping. Welcome to the show, Cal. Hey, Bob. I'm great. I'm very glad to be here and glad that you're here. And I, I got to say, through your through your recent medical issues, there's been a lot of praying going on for you, and, and it's an answer to prayer that you're here today. Very happy to be here. Well, I'm humbled. Thank you, Cal. You know, there's been so many listeners. I mean, too many to count. You know, over a couple thousand listeners probably at least that have either sent me email or Facebook messages and included me in their prayers, and I'm very, very humbled. You know, sometimes we don't realize what we do and how it touches people's lives, but, you know, God used a lot of people to send a message to me that I got a lot of support, so I appreciate that. Amen. Yeah, you and your wife both, we're still praying for you. I remember when this uh, first started happening uh, in our family prayers. I, I held you and your wife up in prayer, and after the prayer, uh, the question came, "Who's that?" <laughs> I said, "That's that's Bob Maine, <laughs> friend of mine." So anyway, very very glad um, of your success so far, and it's a real answer to prayer that you're cancer free. Yeah, <clears throat> thank you, Cal. I appreciate that very much, and. Um well, you have uh, taken a big step. You've written a book, and the book is called Dirt Cheap, Valuable Prepping. And I think that's that's a cool name. I like that because, you know, a lot of people are on a pretty strict budget. And so I'd like to talk about your book. And if you don't mind, if you would also give the listeners some good pearls of wisdom to think about while we're talking about your book. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, this this book, you know, I'm, I'm a consumer of prepper books and podcasts and, and publications, uh, just like a lot of your listeners. And through the years, I've noticed there are a number of things, a number of ideas, a number of, of kind of approaches that I have that have not been discussed anywhere else. Mm -hmm. so, you know, if, if all this was already discussed, I'd be fine to let the conversation go on without me. But I've written this book filled with cheap ideas to prep, and I've, I've ranked it in order of what's cheap now versus what would be extremely valuable in case of a disaster or a longer-term disaster or, God forbid, uh, some kind of societal collapse or long-term grid-down situation. You can't really pigeonhole uh, just, just one specific disaster. You kind of have to be prepared for whatever happens and so that's true I've, I've listed this all that stuff in my book here starting with the cheapest stuff 
Yeah, and that's good. Well, I got a few questions that I wanted to get out of the way, and then we can <clears throat> we can talk about some some stuff for the listeners to think about. Yeah. But first of all, what is it that actually prompted you to write this book? Because I mean, writing a book can't be all that easy. But what what got you to do it? You know, I've been for several <clears throat> years kind of a, a back burner type uh, prepper. I've not been. It's not been a main preoccupation with me, and after the uh, elections in, in 2012, uh, you know, I, I know you get so political, Bob. Uh, <laughs> no, that was that was one of those opposite jokes. It's one of those jokes, yeah. I, I don't mind talking a little bit about it. I just don't yeah. like to go too deep into it. But yeah, yeah. Well, that was one of those jokes, like calling a seven foot tall guy shorty. Or yeah, exactly, shorty. <laughs> Um, you're not political at all, so I, I, I won't get into it. But uh, it just occurred to me that after the election, um, there we we now have in power a lot of people who I don't think really take it seriously the the cumulative debt that our country has. And I remember thinking this this just can't go on. Um, I I can't see how this is going to last. It's not it's not the number itself. It's it's the ratio of of our Cumulative debt versus the economy. And we're beyond the World War II ratio. Right. As far as, as far as debt versus the economy. And I remember reading about the World War II that people were alarmed about how indebted our country was getting. And sure enough, after World War II and throughout the 50s, it was, it was a major goal of our government to pay down that debt, which it did. But nowadays, uh, what do we have to show for it? We're not in the middle of a world war. We're just, we have nothing to show for it. A bunch of, well, not try not to get political, but a, a bunch of people who want a lot of stuff for free from, from the people who are paying taxes. And I, I just remember uh, since 2012 thinking that this, this can't go on uh, much longer, so it's time to prepare. I don't, I don't see how we can get out of this barring some kind of economic problem, uh, hyperinflation or whatever. Yeah. So that's, that's what really got me started. And, and as far as a, a real um, amped up prepper, I've, I've, I've only been here for a, a couple of years. So that's what prompted me to write this book. And I include a lot of stuff that I think, you know, we've, everybody has a buy list. Well, most preppers have a buy list. Things right. that you, you want to buy in order to be in order to be a little bit better prepared. Exactly right, yeah. And and this is an attempt to prioritize stuff. Uh, that you know, like for example, salt is extremely cheap now and that's something that will be extremely valuable uh, later on. Water water's another thing. Uh, water is pretty cheap right now and if if everybody were to go out and get a couple of cases of bottled water you know that that would get you through a short-term uh, disaster, and uh, if you have a lot of if you have a bigger way of of accumulating water, that would get you through a longer term as well. Well, you know, um, you're, you're right. And Cal, you said something earlier that I'd like you to get a little more detailed on. You said prioritizing, and I think that's pretty cool because. And I've talked about this a little bit on my podcast and that people do need to prioritize. And if your book is about how to put it all together in a, in a priority centric way, I, that, that's pretty good. Why don't you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I don't think anyone, 
I'd kind of be surprised if anyone out there is fully prepared for for every disaster. You can't be. But, but at least this, with, you know, with the stuff in this book, you can get a little bit closer to stockpiling stuff that's that's really cheap that will become very valuable later. Uh, here's another example. Uh, and before we leave water, mm-hmm. um, that uh, too many people just look at water as just something else to put on the buy list. When really it's it's first and foremost, nothing else matters if you don't have water taken care of. Um, you can have all the guns and, and ammo and clothing and, and uh, dried food and everything, but if you don't have water taken care of, nothing else matters. So that's I went through. I spent a lot of time talking about water and how you can store it safely, how you can um, uh, clean it out, you know, with bleach and filters. Coffee filters, for example, are, are dirt cheap, and that's something, that's a quick thing. If you can scoop up some water somewhere and you're not quite sure about it, if you can just, if you can uh, filter it out with some uh, coffee filters, that kind of thing. Good, good. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a sports Berkey bottle, uh, a water straw, which is a great thing. Uh, but there's some other things, like... Uh, Athlete's foot and jock itch, cream. That that's more relevant for a longer term disaster, which which might not happen. But it's it's just so cheap to have right now that uh, and it would make a huge difference uh, later on because if if it's a longer term disaster, there are going to be a lot of people who are going to be trying to survive. You know, go weeks without bathing, and that's going to be relevant. Athlete's foot and jock itch uh, creams. And you can buy it so cheaply right now, uh, and it'll be very valuable later. Yeah, and if a major disaster happens and it was fairly long-term, they're not going to be very cheap and very easy to find later. Yeah, it's it might actually be something to store um, for a uh, like a barter-type situation. Ah, now you're talking my language, bartering. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I've always been a big fan of that. I've done it. I've done it, done it successfully. Need to do more of it. Everybody needs to learn that, learn the art of doing that. Well, that's that's a way to fill in what you don't have. I mean, if you if you stock up on a whole bunch of things, that a lot of these things you, you you'll have a lot more than you need, and there's going to be a hole in your preps somewhere else, something, something that you don't have. Well, if if you take some of this athlete's foot cream, by for example, you can barter that for what you do need. And if somebody's walking around, trying to walk around with athlete's foot, um, that will make that cream very valuable. So who knows what you can what you can trade for it? Absolutely. So Cal, another question for you: What do you think are some of the least expensive ways that people can get started? Because that, that question gets asked a lot, especially a lot of a lot of people who are new into the self reliance uh, area. What what are some of the least expensive ways that they can get going? Yeah, um, well, there's some things that will be very important in a disaster situation which don't cost very much right now. I mentioned salt, but uh, examine the stuff that you throw away, and you'd be amazed at what useful items are there. Like, for example, uh, dryer lint. Uh, That's one of the best fire starters there is out there, and uh, almost everybody throws that away. Mm -hmm. Dryer lint, um, we keep a little shopping bag next to our dryer 
uh, in our family so that whoever does their laundry knows not to throw away the dryer lid, just to keep it in a little baggie. When the baggie's full, we squeeze out as much of the air as possible and store it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's great stuff that's, that's cheap. Um, Coke containers, that's another thing we do. If you buy one of those uh, two-liter gallon or two-liter bottles of Coke or root beer or whatever uh, for your family, uh, when you're done with that, instead of throwing it away, dry it out, you know, clean it and dry it out, and then pour in some dried pinto beans or split peas or whatever, and and seal it up good and put it in the back of your of your closet or, or pantry or whatever. And that's that's a good prep right there. Uh-huh. And that's that's really cheap. Um, Cal, let's get back to something earlier. You mentioned dryer lint. There is a, a thread on our forum about that, and the person who started the thread actually made a pretty good point about that. If the lint is from cotton clothing, everything is good, but you could run into a problem if you have lint that came from polyester and rayon and nylon and, and materials like that. Oh, that's a good point. That's a yeah. good point. So when you I want- think in our family, it's just a mixture, and I, I talked about this in the book where I was at a, a gun club meeting. We were comparing our emergency bags, and I talked about dryer lint being a great fire starter. And uh, no, one, no one believed me, so I went out and I said, let, let me show you. I went out on the patio and brought out my little uh, magnesium fire starter, you know, those things that shoot out sparks. Yeah. And I had a fire started before half the club went out onto the patio, and they said, wait a minute, I didn't see that. Let me see that again. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it works. It works. I, I feel like dryer lint, you can start a fire in, in like a rainstorm or something. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm exaggerating, of course, but yeah, it does work. It's a great fire starter, and it's free. Yeah, and you probably had mostly cotton in there, but you know, think about it. If you do have about at least half the material is polyester or something like that, it could cause an issue. But but that's a really good idea. I mean, you're right about that, and um, you know, cotton balls also are very inexpensive, and you can store those as well. Yep, yep. I talk a lot about uh, blankets and sleeping bags and and used coats and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no reason why you have to buy those brand new. You know, I had a, uh, a camping trip a couple years ago when uh, our family was invited to go camping, and I headed straight for REI and um, priced a sleeping bag just with all the features I wanted, and it was like, Two or three hundred bucks, and um, <laughs> so then I went on to eBay and looked up used uh, sleeping bags, and I got a used one for I think fifteen bucks. I figured if it was smelly or cigarette uh, smells or something, I'd have it dry clean. But there was no need to. It was just really dirt cheap, and that'll be important if if who knows if you know if we ever need it in a disaster situation. Same for coats. And sleeping bags, I, I spent some time talking about uh, blankets uh, and coats. If you go to Ross or Salvation Army or something, you might get stuck with a blanket that's kind of, you know, pink and yellow or something, and, and it's kind of embarrassing to be seen in, but yeah, uh, that's okay. It does the job, and it's good to stockpile, stock up on that stuff, and it's really cheap. Uh, another place to check on... Where to find really cheap stuff is Craigslist has a section of just giveaway stuff. And uh, a friend of mine was was on that one day, and apparently somebody nearby had had died and had a um, 
uh, a basement full of Mountain House canned uh, dried dried food. Oh, okay. And, was, and the new owner didn't know what it was and was just giving it away. And so my my friend jumped in his car and, and uh, broke a few uh, vehicle code uh, laws on the way, <laughs> and you know and and made it there. And he's one of my best prepared friends right now. He's got, I, I think he he got uh, some like fifteen or twenty cases of Mountain House Number Ten cans for free. Really, and stuff like that. That's just because he was watching. Uh, Craigslist, the the free section. And anyway, there's some also, uh, you were talking about ways to get started that are cheap. If you just go to a Goodwill store or Salvation Army and kind of get, get a feel for the place. You know, sure, there's a lot of junk there, but there is some really good, uh, really next to free stuff. And that's that's great for uh, stocking up and preparing mm-hmm. Preparing stuff that will make a big difference uh, in in case of a disaster. Yeah, well, and the point that you're making is that you don't have to start with a whole bunch of money, and a lot of people think you do. Right, right. There's that show, uh, Doomsday Preppers, uh, which I think I, I'm still not sure if it's a mockumentary or not. <laughs> a mockumentary. That's pretty good. But I, I, I still think there's some good information there, so I watch it. And they do go into detail on what rich people do to prepare. And that's not helpful. I, I don't think that really, I, I don't get, get too many good ideas there. You know, the, the prepping is something that you can do on a real shoestring. Just, just stay, stay alert and, and keep, keep in mind the things in this book. And, and there are a couple of other good books on, on, on stuff you can stock up on that really doesn't cost that much. Yeah. Well, that's good. Thanks for those good ideas. So what rookie mistakes do you see a lot of people make? Yeah, um, I think one, the, probably the main rookie mistake is that somebody, uh, is, they overspend. You know, there's no reason why this has to be that expensive. Yeah, figured you were going to say that. So there's that. You know, another thing is, is probably somebody, I, I've actually seen some people who, who realize they need to start prepping, but they just they can't start. You know, they they, they don't know the first step. You know, and um, I, I think the idea is just to start anywhere. You know, it doesn't even salt or something. Next time you're in the grocery store, uh, grab grab some extra salt or uh, athlete's foot cream or, or whatever. You know, the a wise man once said uh, the the journey of a million miles uh, starts with a single. A single step or something like that. Right, so, right. Uh, well, I, actually, I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you I didn't could, you didn't make it up. I've heard it uh, heard it several times, but it's true. Oh, okay, okay. I was I was going to say an ancient Chinese proverb or something, but yeah, I just kind of made that up. But it, it I've heard that uh, <laughs> I've heard that idea before. But uh, yeah, just get started anywhere. Um, another thing uh, I've seen mistakes made is people. Stocking up uh, and buying, trying to buy just pallets full of toilet paper and and tampons, both of which are important for shorter term uh, disasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, you know, if it gets if it's a real long term disaster, God forbid that we all go through that. I, I hope that we don't. But what are you going to do if if you run out of toilet paper someday, or you have women? 
in your survival location and they run out of tampons, what's what are you going to do? Um, in my book, I've got suggestions on uh, permanent ways to address those those needs, uh, like toilet paper. Uh, I've got uh, a, I call it a, a travel bidet, mm-hmm. and and it's not the optimal solution, you know. And I, I play with bidets. Uh, I shouldn't say play, but I, I use them every time I go to Europe. You know, I you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yes, I do know. Been been over to Europe and know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And uh, anyway, they sell travel bidets. Oh, really? And that still does the job. It's. It, I'd rather have toilet paper, but it's something that you need to have handy in case you run out of toilet paper. And there's a similar idea for tampons. Um, now, this is something no, I, I don't think any other prepper show ever talks about. So you get you get the award here that <laughs> we're talking about tampons here. But um, don't even try. Uh, women should. Don't even try to reuse them. That's that's a, a way to get disease. But there is, uh, you know, I read somewhere that the average woman goes through eleven thousand tampons in her life. So what are you going to do if you run out of tampons? Well, there is a a good way to uh, to solve that problem, and it's it's reusable. It's called a menstrual cup, and I talk about it in uh, in this book. That uh, it's a little little on the pricey side and uh, the women I've talked to and uh, chatted with online have actually it, it takes a little bit of getting used to but it does it does the job mm-hmm. so that's that's something that people need to stock up on instead of just tampons for for longer term uh, uh, issues as longer term disasters another thing and I and I kind of went on a rant here in the chapter on on guns uh, it seems like a lot of a lot of preppers want to think about stocking up on guns, and I also have a number of guns. But uh, it's it's a good idea to assume that you know what are you going to do if your guns get taken away? If if anyone if you've gone online and look on YouTube, uh, you can check just just look up Hurricane Katrina and what happened there. Mm-hmm. That it was it was a week after the hurricane had gone through. And the National Guard and the cops went door-to-door grabbing guns. Yeah, they did. And and I, my <clears throat> jaw dropped. And there, I'll never forget the story of this kind of elderly woman who was inside her own house and had a gun. And coincidentally, the, some news reporter was there asking her questions about something else. And just then is when the National Guard and uh, the cops came through grabbing her gun and and they saw all this was on video uh, they saw that she had a, re- a small revolver in her hand they slammed her up, up against the wall and punched her and threw her on the ground and then grabbed her gun and arrested her and and two hours a couple hours later she was released with no charges but you know I'll, I'll never forget seeing all that you can you can watch it on YouTube and it's really alarming but the point is if if there's a longer term disaster I think we all need to assume that there might be some of that going on that that the government will come through kicking in doors and grabbing guns so you need to have non-gun weapons ready to, ready to use like hatchets uh, Gerber has a great 
uh, fold up uh, shovel with a blade on one side of it. That would work. Yep. Uh, crossbows. I've, I've got a chapter on that here, and I think it's a good idea to have. I, I call it the Plan B of of survival of of, of um, what am I trying to say of, of protection. Well, and let me add something to that. If you're going to use some of these non, they call them non-lethal. Get some training in how to use these as well. There are a lot of classes that will teach you how to use just about anything as a weapon. And get some training on that because even if you own them, if you don't know what you're doing with them, those can also be taken away from you and used against you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, even a shovel uh, is better than nothing. And hardware stores have, have sales on shovels every once in a while. Sure. Every, every time I'm in a hardware store, I... I I, I'm like uh, a, a moth to a light. I, I, I go to the shovel section and see if there's a sale going on. And if there is, I pick pick up a couple of extra. Yeah. You know, uh, you, sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. Cal, you mentioned something earlier. I don't mean to change the subject, but I'm going to go ahead and change the subject anyway. Uh, you mentioned something earlier about salt. Why do you, uh, and I've heard that, and it's, it's very important, but why don't you explain to listeners why it's important to store salt? Yeah. Well, it's got a bunch of uses, and I've, I've listed them all um, here in the chapter. Just right off the top, um, I can say this, that if you store Mountain House uh, freeze-dried food and MREs, which, which I think everybody should, um, just taste it. Even, you know, we, Our family had it a couple weeks ago. We, we cracked open a number 10 can of, of Chili Mac. And we just said, here's here's what we're going to be eating in case of a disaster. And we all agreed that it tasted pretty good, but it needed some some seasoning, some spices. Mm-hmm. And same same for MREs. I, I think that's the main thing. I've I've got a testimonial in the book uh, from a Marine who was in Afghanistan and was handed an MRE, and he just he just said it, it just tasted so bland. It could have could have used some spices. So oh, I think okay. that's, that's another thing. And if you do go hunting to try to supplement your, your family's eating, you know, with, with meat, uh, that salt plays a part in preserving, in preserving the food. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm glad you mentioned that because it can serve as a preservative as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, a lot of, a lot of outdoor uses for salt too. I mean, even if it's something as simple as melting ice off of a uh, small space, so that you don't. If you live up in a northern climate and it's winter time, and you, even if it, whether it's disaster or not disaster, you can use it for that. That's right, and I we've we've been stocking up on salt just nonstop. It's so cheap. There's you know I, I made a joke about it in the book about. Um, how how it, it's it's one of the few I think it's the only item in a dollar store that costs less than a dollar, <laughs> you know. And and you don't even, you don't have to only buy the little containers. You can go to you know Costco or, or one of these uh, uh, warehouse type stores and buy a huge you know forty gallon bag of it, and it's still really cheap. Yeah, it is. It's very easy to stock up on, and it's got I, I think an unlimited shelf life so long as it's dry. Yeah, it does. That's a great thing to stock up on. Good. Well, thanks for answering that question. Cal, you also, you sent me an e-copy, an uh, e-book copy of your book, and thank you very much. I appreciate that. One one thing caught my eye. There's a chapter called Junk Land. Why don't you you talk about that? Because I think listeners would like to hear about that. Thanks. Um, 
you know, like I said, I've been listening to podcasts and reading books on prep, prepping, and I don't think I've heard this discussed anywhere else. Um, it, I think everybody needs a retreat location, you know, for longer-term disasters. If just a weekend without power, that, that's different. But if, if it's a week or long with the grid down or, or whatever, um, it would help to have a retreat location and... As I'm saying that, I know people are thinking, oh, this is going to cost a million dollars. <laughs> you know, because uh, what, what most people think about a retreat location is 15 or 30 minutes outside of town, you know, uh, right off the interstate. Yeah. And I think that would be a huge mistake. I call it junk land because no one else wants it. What I'm, what I'm talking about is, you know, 10 to 30 to 50 acres of land where there's nothing there. Yeah, on junk land, it, it's called. I call it junk land because no one else wants it. It's what I'm. What I have in mind is ten to thirty to fifty acres of raw land with with no house on it, no no utilities, nothing, and it's like an hour an hour drive outside of of town, and then take an exit, you know, and then drive another hour, and then take a third exit and drive another fifteen minutes there. You know, it's it's way off the interstate, way out of town, and you'd be amazed at how inexpensive some land like that is, you know, 10 to 50 acres, with, which is dirt cheap, and a lot of times it's so cheap and, and the owner can't get rid of it, the owner is willing to do owner financing, and so I've got a chapter in here on junk land that I encourage people to, to get a retreat going, and this is how you start it, with junk land, and make sure it's it's uh, way off the beaten path. If there's a huge, you know, long, long-term disaster, that interstate is going to be filled with people leaving town looking for some place to settle down, you know, yeah. so you don't want to have property right off the interstate. But if it's way enough out of the way, it's it'll be cheap, It'll be dirt cheap, and there won't be anything there. So, uh, just start start off with hiking trails. That's that's what I did on our property. Um, just make sure. I guess the only caveat: make sure that there's road access, and and so there's not landlocked. Um, every once in a while, you come across some a deal that sounds too good to be true, and it's landlocked. Uh, but I talk about that too in the chapter on junk land. But anyway, that's that's. Uh, when I talk about junk land, that's uh, really important to get started with a retreat uh, location, and that's how you get started. And it doesn't have to be that that expensive. Well, and I would say it also doesn't have to be all that big. I mean, if you could find some junk land that somebody wants to get rid of, even if it's a half acre or an acre or whatever, like you said, as long as it's got access, or even if you can build access relatively easy, I think you could start with that. Yeah. Another financial benefit my wife and I noticed is that you spend enough time there and you can cancel your health club membership. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> it's a good uh, it's a good exercise and it gets you out outside, so it's it's a good good idea to, to do to get started. Especially when you need to clear that land, that junk land of all the junk that's on it. Yep, yep. Uh, we just started, uh, there was nothing there. There was uh, a dense forest, and we just started with hiking trails. And then at some point, we hired some local guy with a, a bulldozer 
and and that became a road that we could drive on and then we started adding gravel so we wouldn't slip off the road and it, it's been a fun experience uh, and uh, it's amazing how affordable it is I've got some website addresses in the book here but uh, there are others you know where you can just look up the term raw land Okay, my apologies to the listeners. So, Cal, we covered the issue of junk land. I think that's a great idea, and that's very good. So talk about where people can get your book, Dirt Cheap, Valuable Prepping. Thanks. Uh, I tell people it's uh, available wherever fine books are sold, uh, so long as we're talking about Amazon. (laughs) That's good. uh, maybe I should retire that joke. Uh, but anyway, it's uh, $7.99 paperback or $2.99 Kindle on Amazon. And speaking of Amazon, your your readers need to know just how easy it is to go on Amazon through your website, todayssurvival.com. You just press that tab, Amazon Store, and then it leads you through to Amazon again. All the prices are the same. Uh, my my wish list is still up there. Uh, I, I use it all the time. I just bought something else through your store, and I think uh, it. Uh, even though the prices are the same, you get some kind of uh, help uh, to to fund the the website there. I do, Cal. Thanks, and I was going to mention that, but you beat me to it. So you got both versions. You got the paperback, and you got the the ebook. So please buy those through my Amazon store. And how can people keep in touch with you? You are on the forum. I want people to know that. Um, Cal Wilson's on the forum, so you can go there. And I'm going to, once this airs, I'm going to start a thread, uh, excuse me, a sub, a sub forum thread about this podcast. But how else can people get in touch with you? Yeah, I'm on Facebook called, and it's uh, under Cal Wilson author and also Twitter, Cal Wilson author. Okay. So those those two uh, will keep people up to date on what's going on with my writings. Good. Well, Cal, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. And, you know, good books like this are, are usually pretty hard to find, and I'm glad that you also gave the listeners some material they can use and things to think about. Thanks. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on your show. All right. Good luck to you. And, uh, again, folks, don't forget to get on the forum. You may have some questions for Cal. And, you know, I'm always, every time I listen to one of these, questions come up after I do it. So that's why we've got all these means of communication. Yep. I'll I'll be on the forum. Good luck to you and uh, best wishes. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Well, hope you liked that. I did. You know, whenever I do these interviews, I, I learn so much. As a matter of fact, most of the time I go back and listen to them after I publish them. Even though I've listened to them once already before I publish it, I go back and listen to it again, normally. So I hear every one two or three times, and I learn something every time. That's what I encourage you to do. By the way, if you haven't done this, you know, this is like the 259th episode of today's survival show. If you haven't listened to some of my older episodes, there's so much information that I've put out there. And even though it's a few years old, some of it even a little bit older, it still applies. Most of it, 95% of it still applies. So if you haven't, I would like to invite you to go back and listen to uh, the older shows. Almost all of them are on the feed. Some are not. And I'm going to try to fix that. That's something I've been neglecting for a long time. So I'll try to fix those. And just send me an email if there's some of the older ones that are not on the uh, feed, whether you listen to iTunes or use iTunes to listen to this or Stitcher Radio or any other kind of a podcast 
program, whatever it is that you use to listen to this show, um, go back and listen to some of the older ones. Also, I, I talked about iTunes. If you use iTunes, I would love to get an iTunes review from you. iTunes is one of the more popular podcast programs, if not the most popular. And I don't know about you, but I read a lot of reviews on things before I buy them or listen to them or spend my time. So I'd love to hear your your reviews, good, bad, or indifferent. That's okay. Um, You know, I I don't mind a, a, a negative interview. I mean, I learn something from a negative interview. Nobody's perfect. I wouldn't expect somebody who's seeking out my show and checking out the reviews to read everything Good. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, I I would actually kind of look at that as being something a little fishy if every single thing I read was good because, you know, that kind of looks a little set up. So even if you don't have all positive things to say, throw it up there. And, and same on the forum. By the way, if you're not a member of our forum, I'd like to invite you to join today's Survival Show Forum. It's full of a lot of listeners like you and mostly listeners I don't let very many other people in there that don't listen to the show. So if you want to converse with other preppers like you or people that I interview or me, become a member of today's Survival Show Forum. If you are a member and you haven't posted in a while, what are you waiting for? Jump on there. Just do me a favor to all of you who are new signing up. Send me an email, bob at todayssurvival.com. Bob at todayssurvival.com. And tell me your username that you used to sign up. And I'll go in there and I'll approve your account. I'll go through the list of people who are waiting to be approved. I do that for a very specific reason, and that is to keep spammers and non-listeners, people who are not real serious. I do that to keep them off of the forum. So it's a relatively controlled group, but a very nice group of people, and we share a lot of really cool information on there. If you like what I do, if this show helps you, In any way, if you can find it in your heart to support me, you don't even have to spend any extra money. I have it set up. You've heard us talk about that. You heard Cal talk about it in the interview. I have it set set up where you can buy your Amazon products. Whenever you buy something through Amazon.com, buy it through my affiliate link, uh, get Cal's book, and whatever else that you want to get, and I will receive a little bit of a um, commission for doing that, and it helps support today's survival show. With that said, I hope you enjoyed this uh, common sense episode. I try to keep every one of these rooted in common sense. I'm not a tinfoil hatter, so I think my show appeals to a pretty large number of people. I don't go tinfoil hat on you. I just keep this down-to-earth, rooted in common sense, because I am an everyday guy. Also, I'm Bob Main, and you've just listened to another episode of today's Survival Show, where it's my goal to help you do what you can with what you have, wherever you are. I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.